gentlemen, you don't have enough talent to win on talent alone. Hello and welcome to the Talent Podcast, podcast brought to you by The Wheel. I am your host, as always, Adam Hess, and with me, my co-host, Mike the Red Scare Regan. How you doing today, Mike? You calling me a communist? Red Scare? I don't know. That doesn't make you necessarily a communist. Could be plenty of things. Oh, so I do have uh, a little a little tale to tell real quick. All right. I'm doing good, by the way. I never really answered your question. <laughs> so I was on my phone this morning. I was on X.com, formerly, a.k.a. formerly known as Twitter, or whatever it says in all the articles. <laughs> and uh, Pro Football Talk had a story, and it says, Mark Davis on firing coaches and GMs. When I make a hiring mistake, I'd rather fix it. So I see this and I immediately screenshot it, right? I'm going to send it to you with something funny, like, oh, but this doesn't extend to, uh, like, you know, fashion mistakes, making some sort of joke about his appearance. And I looked down and the very first comment said, yet he doesn't fire his barber. I was like, God damn. You're never going to be the first guy to make the joke, Mike. (laughs) No, I got got sniped. I like how also because someone posted that on Twitter, you decide not to send me the joke. Yeah, at that point, like, I, you could have sent that joke verbatim, and I still would never know that you ripped it off. I could have scrapped out his comment; you never would have known. Yeah, <laughs> it just it let all the balloon out of the bag. I didn't feel special anymore. You could have also just sent me the screenshot with that top comment. I've been like, "Oh, that's funny." I thought about that, but I didn't want to give this random guy on Twitter the time of day. I didn't have time to like vet his account and see what account I would be promoting. So you got to be careful with that. Yeah, I'd never seen it before. It was at Donald Trump. I'm not familiar <laughs> with this guy. <laughs> that would be a wild turn if he was taking shots at Mark Davis. I feel like they run in the same circles, but what do I know? They might go to the same barber. Yeah, Mark Davis doesn't have as much floof, you know? Yeah. That's, that's a question. Floof. Is Trump's hair a comb over now? Is that all natural? Are we sure about that? I don't know if they comb it over it. I feel like there's some sort of wind tunnel <laughs> he stands in that blows it over. It's a blowover. Is that a thing? Can we make it a thing? We can make it a thing. All right. Starting with Trump. As all great things do, it starts with Trump. The world's most popular convict. Are you going to have to cut that? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, (laughs) I was trying to think if there was any more popular convicts I could think of. I mean, mean, OJ's out, and he's not on trial, so. Wait, the juice is loose? The juice has been loose, man. Where have you been? Well, at least this is football adjacent, because OJ played football. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. We can can start talking about it's week 15 time. You got Thursday Night Football on tonight. Mike, do you know who's playing? Oh, it's a big time matchup because it's Easton Stick versus Aiden O'Connell. It's Chargers, yeah. Chargers Raiders. A who's who of North Dakota State football. Yeah. Nothing? You're not going to correct me that Aiden O'Connell went to Purdue? So, you know, some people, they're really just not worth correcting the information. <laughs> also, the Chargers have, they're cowards. They should start Max Duggan. Why? I don't know. He's cool. You didn't see him in the Big Big 12 game? Big 12 title game, like the year before this year? I've never or seen anyone game. in any Big 12 title game. Dude was a fuck. I mean, he's not a big guy when I say this, but he was running like a hoss. He's a gamer. He says no, he has no quitum. Anyways. Uh... <laughs> see, the exciting part would be his first read would be open and he wouldn't see it, but yeah, at least he would take off and try to barrel through 20 guys. That's at least exciting. I don't know who this guy is. Like, I can't come along with you on this whole joke. <laughs> right. I got no fucking idea who Max Duggan is. All right, that's cool. You still know anything about... Former TCU quarterback Max Duggan. I don't. He to <laughs> me, Max Duggan sounds like a character that John C. Riley would play in a Will Ferrell movie. Uh, so, anyways, talking about college football, I guess. See, I was trying to give you a good segue. You just wouldn't, you wouldn't take it. 
Yeah, you going with former TCU quarterbacks as your segue for potential number one overall picks? I was trying to quickly hit you with a TCU player that was number one overall, but nothing is coming to mind. Yeah. So we're getting into draft season. You know, the the league is now split to the point where there are teams who are concerned about the playoffs and teams that are concerned about the draft. As you are on one side of that and I'm on the other, I figure time to start drifting into a little bit of draft coverage at least. So just the light, light basting of it, like your initial basting on a turkey before you roast it. I don't really know how to roast a turkey or if you do roast turkey, so I'm not sure if that's correct or not, but a light basting before your initial turkey roast. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to go in here real quick. Simple. The top two quarterbacks in the draft, Drake May out of UNC and uh, some other guy from the West Coast. I figured we'd just, just do a, a quick question here, Mike. First off, I didn't write this down. Just off the top of your head, I want to get your pro comparison for this guy from the West Coast and then also Drake May from UNC. It's like uh, a pro comparison for Caleb Williams. That's the guy I think you're talking about. Yeah. Right? You sure? Yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, Fucking jabroni. Playing out of I, USC. I hate pro comparisons. They're like, I'm so bad at them. But they're so much fun. I know, every pro time, comparisons every, and cross-sport comparisons are the best. Every time I do them, I end up having like three ifs attached to it like blank if blank had this and this and this and then you're like okay so nothing like that person <laughs> yeah i'm like yeah but they had the same facial hair so that's what i think of <laughs> um i don't know he's six he's one so i see a little breeze when i watch him play <laughs> but he does sometimes make he does make the really weird ass off balance throws that do do remind you of a tiny mahomes like a mini mahomes yeah i, I have it written down as stretch kyler murray Oh, I like that one too. Yeah. yeah. Stretch Kyler. That's wow. Six one is stretch Kyler. <laughs> yeah. Kyler Murray's like what, six foot, five eleven, something like that. It's a little stretch. Not much of a stretch, but some of a stretch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh what about what about Drake May? You got a, a quick Drake May pro comp you can you can pop in there? I'm gonna say Justin Herbert. I got thick T Law. Thick T Law? Okay. Yeah. Same same conference, so I guess that works too. Is that how that works? Is that how that works? Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm asking, uh, you came up with the comp, so I'm asking you, is that how it works? <laughs> no, it's just like, he he does like the, like Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert's a check down king. Justin Herbert's what we all think Derek Carr is, where Justin Herbert's wow. like, uh, no, I love Justin Herbert, one of my favorite quarterbacks in the league, but Justin Herbert's like, all right, Keenan Allen is covered. Like he immediately diagnoses things. It's kind of like he knows the play that's going to happen ahead of time. Mm-hmm. He immediately diagnoses it and goes, all right, well, two seconds after the snap, Dump off. But that is why you should say that because I mean that basically makes Bo Nix like the poor man's or the Kirkland brand Justin Herbert. Which is ironic because they both are from uh Wisconsin. They're both they're both from Oregon, but there you go. like the biggest knock on Nix this season has been like here's a pro. Fastest time to throw, two point four four to like twelfth fastest in the league or something like that when I was looking at. That's great. But then you're like, oh, his A dot six point nine yards. This dude never goes deep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll yeah. say I do like getting a quarterback in the building who knows when to check down. Mm-hmm. I also like getting a quarterback in the building that will risk some tight window throws. That's why I think Brock Purdy should win MVP. Yeah, like Nick's. Nick's what? Yeah, okay. Well, no, that's not bad. At first, <laughs> you said it with a tone like you were being a smartass, and then I processed what you said, and I was like, oh, no, that's a plausible thing that could happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I still don't want him to win MVP though. <laughs> We like Nick's attempt. One more thing on that. Sorry. Cause I know we're trying to stick to the top two guys, but like Nick's attempted half of the deep throws Penix did. And then he did attempt the same amount 
as Heisman Trophy winner winner J, uh, Jaden Daniels, but had like half the amount of success that he did. So like all scouts are like either he can't throw deep or we just like it's another Herbert situation where he's going to get to the NFL and be like, oh, shit, this kid has a deep ball. Did I see that the Alabama quarterback declared that he's coming back to college next year? Miller? Yeah, I don't think he even can leave yet. He's a senior next year. Jalen Miller is not a senior next year. Okay. ESPN had a headline where it was like, this guy, this quarterback, coming back to college for a senior year. Pulling it up. I'm pulling it up. QB Milrow returning to Alabama for senior year. Get fucked, Mike. I know more about college football than you. He's he's a sophomore right now. I'm just telling you what the ESPN article says. Oh, technically... Okay, he was redshirted his first year, so it's technically his junior year. Of but he'll be a senior because he'll be his fourth year at the. Oh, it gets confusing, man. I don't know what that means. I, he's a senior, but he still has another year of eligibility beyond that. Also, why would you come out and announce that now? Fucking finish the playoff. If you win the national championship, God on a high note, man. Your draft stock's never going to be higher. I also think there was like no chance in hell he'd come out. Like he would not. As good he's he's he played like second half of the year, it was obviously still like it's still like he's getting there and figuring things out and becoming a better QB. Like he wouldn't do well. Like someone, he he must have just done it for like the big like yeah, Bama, I'm coming back moment. Because yeah. <laughs> I don't think any everybody was probably like, oh yeah, we kind of already had you penciled in. I didn't know that was an option. <laughs> but speaking of the guys you want to talk about, Drake May did officially declare for the draft. So did Joe Alt. So did Joe Alt. Yeah. Big um, loss for Notre Dame. It is. Yeah, they lost like, him and whoever that fucking tight end that hasn't done anything was. Yeah, we uh, we just churn out offensive linemen. So we will probably have like a top ten draft pick at O line next year anyway. It'll be some other big fucking white dude. <laughs> Wasn't your last big fucking white dude offensive lineman before Joe Alt? Uh, what's his face on the Colts like six no. years ago? No, we had uh, we had Zach Martin. We had Quentin Nelson. Yeah. We just had a dude go. I have to go ahead and look, but I swear we just had a dude go in the first round in the last couple of years. Are you sure you're not thinking of that tight end? Like that tight end? Like that really big tight end? <laughs> that, that t- who's, the, who's, who's the Notre Dame tight end who was like a day two guy who, last year? You mean Michael Mayer? Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Is, where, did, where did he get picked? He's in, where, he's in Vegas. He playing? He's in Vegas? He's in Vegas. Dude, I've watched so much Aiden O'Connell film. Are you sure? Did he get abducted by aliens and we just never noticed? Yeah, he doesn't get the ball a lot, unfortunately. Uh, well, his name isn't Devontae Adams or Jacoby Myers. And those are the only people that are catching passes in Vegas. So That is true. Nelson Aguilar? He doesn't even play there. Yeah, he does. No, no he, he doesn't. doesn't. He doesn't anymore. He's, right. he's on the Ravens. He's on the Ravens. Um, <laughs> So anyways, yeah. back to the quarterbacks. Drake May, Caleb Williams. You, congratulations, Mike. You're the GM of the Panthers. Oh, Bears. You got to be the Bears. Can't be the Panthers. My bad. Sorry, Panthers. Head tankathon up. That's my bad. Um, you're the GM of the Bears. You have the number one overall pick, and Justin Fields just retired from the NFL to pursue a career in shipbuilding in a bottle. Building ships in a bottle? Shipbuilding in a bottle? Ship in a bottle building? I don't know how to phrase that. Who are you taking? Number one overall. I am taking Michael Pratt now. <laughs> uh, I, I'm taking, of the two you have listed, I'm taking Caleb Williams. I mean, you can take whoever the fuck you want. I just assume you're taking one of these two guys. Yeah, It'd I mean, be real the- weird if, you, no, number one, you went, and I'm going to take Tui Tui Pelotu. 
Although now, I think this is like two years ago in the draft or something. There's just trust me when I say this. This is going to be a very fun QB class, and there's going to be a lot of interesting. It's going to be an interesting thing to watch. I mean, I think Mayor Williams have it locked down one and two probably, but that number three spot, like we're not probably talking the about the Cardinals. That. Yeah, we're not talking about that right now. So, uh, but I would take Caleb Williams between the two. Who do you I, think will be a better starter in ten years? In ten, I mean, that how can you? That's like such a tough question to answer because it's a podcast and no one's going to come back and check. That's true. Um, we put out three of these fuckers a week, Mike. Yeah, I think they'll both hopefully both turn out well. I so if you had to guess which one of them would win an MVP, Caleb Williams. If you had to which, guess which one of them would win Defensive Player of the Year, uh, Drake May's a little bigger. He's yeah. got the size on him, so. Thick Lawrence. Yeah. I couldn't I mean, figure out how to make Trevor Lawrence's name into a pun about being thick. I was trying for a minute there. He see, it's not that easy. Lots of muscle. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> uh, like they're they're both should be really good. I, I lean towards Williams because he does have a little bit more of that. Holy shit! I can't believe he just did that factor. And I just, I it sounds weird and it's recency bias, but like going back and looking over Drake's season, it's just. Some of his worst performance, like he played three good defenses this year, Miami, Clemson, and NC State, and they were by far his roughest games. Yeah, he's also not throwing to anyone though. That is true. He doesn't have as good of a supporting cast. But then again, I don't think, like, if I could make a hot take for a second, Caleb Williams might not Caleb Williams. Lincoln Riley might not be the head coach of USC by the time the season ends next year, because I think they're removing a Heisman winner from that team. And then it's going to become a lot worse. Hey, let me ask and, you this. What happened to Spencer Rattler? Is that South Carolina? Is he doing anything? Does he fucking suck no. still? No, he's not very good. Remember when he had like that short run where we were all like, Spencer Rattler? Yeah, and then the Riley's last season in Oklahoma started. And I think it was like, what, two games in? It was going so bad that it became Caleb Williams, and he never looked back. Yeah. <laughs> And then he never looked back because he followed Lincoln to uh, Southern California. Yeah, like uh, a lot of the losses USC had, people were like, "Oh, Caleb, oh, Caleb, Caleb." And then you go back, like, no, Caleb played a good game. Like, get off his back. He didn't. Like, the only game I look at and I go, "Okay, his play was a detriment to that team having a shot at winning." Was the Notre Dame game? Yeah, I mean the the two Caleb Williams games I've seen in my entire life are Notre Dame and UCLA. Yeah. And the UCLA game, he didn't look what I expected him to look like either. But very limited scouting sample size there. I do, th- I, like I said, I really like a, a quarterback who just like can fucking huck it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And if anything, the net negative that I've seen on Caleb Williams, my limited experience, is that sometimes he's too dedicated to the fucking huck it. He does like the Josh yeah. Allen, I'm going to play hero ball no matter what occasionally. I, I, I think early on, there's going to be. S- like every week we'll be like, God damn, did you see that? And then a couple drives later, we'll be like, ah, Caleb, you can't do that. Cause it's going to take some time to beat some of the hero ball. I can make any throw I want in college. Like he only had five interceptions this year, but if you watch him play, there's some throws where it's like, that's not, you're not going to get away with that in the NFL, dude. Yeah. So but like even the UCLA game, which I'm sure he went into and it was kind of like, dear God, I'm glad the season's over. He still threw for like th- 384 yards with a 71% completion percentage. Yeah, like I think that yeah. he looked good. It just wasn't what I was expecting. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely understand that. But there was like a lot of losses where you'd 
go down late in the game and be like, oh, he put them in a chance where they could have won that. Like mainly like Washington, Utah, they had chances to win those games and the defense just couldn't make a stop. Oregon yeah. was a little bit of a different case. Caleb Williams was losing the same way that Justin Herbert was losing all year. Mm-hmm. And Brandon Staley is 100% getting fired, but for some reason, Lincoln Riley is not. Yeah, like Lincoln Riley hung on to a defensive coordinator that like five games into the season, it was already clear, like, this is not going well. You need to do something. But he hung on to Alex Grinch. <laughs> Still can't believe that's his name. Hung on to him forever until the season was already lost. And I'm sure there'll be a lot of people who are going to bring up the Washington game and him crying in his mother's arms. And that will be a part of the conversation. But I think as time goes on, we further move past the season. People will start to look back more at the his body of work as a whole and be like, oh, yeah, it's Caleb Williams. This is why it was the, this was the guy who we said was going to go number one overall. My favorite thing that I've started seeing pop up like with online scouting things is old white guys talking about how Caleb Williams painted his nails once. That's like not a weird thing anymore. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's a, not a weird thing. And B has zero effect on what kind of player you are in the NFL. I'm waiting for some like younger quarterback guru to come out and be like, actually the paint on the nails helps him because (laughs) some weird thing. And then everybody starts painting their nails. Also, this is what I mean, shit, but I mean, Caleb's more experienced. Yeah, I mean, that means more in basketball, right? Because yeah. every individual player has this big impact. Caleb Williams and Drake May are going to go to some combination of the Bears, Cardinals, Patriots, and Commanders. Mm-hmm. Dude, it doesn't matter if they played 11 years in college. None of those teams are winning a playoff game next year. Yeah. Can I just talk about another quarterback for a second? College quarterback, professional. College. Yeah. I have fallen so much in love with Michael Penix Jr. (laughs) Yeah, you've fallen so much in love with Michael Penix Jr. for the last two and a half months. I don't know why you think this is brand new news. (laughs) It's not brand new news, but if you asked me, all right, of like the quarterbacks in the draft, which one do you think you draft come May and you are most likely to win game one of the season? Who do you think will be the most ready? I would say Michael Penix Jr. That dude is a leader that dude can read defenses he notices where his mismatches are he can drop a fucking dime into a bucket down the field there's just so much there now a lot of people will be like the big knocks against him are some people like oh he's 24 like all right well this isn't the nhl or the nba like let's say if i get lucky and penix is my franchise qb for 10 years all right i got him till he's 34 that's when quarterbacks usually start to drop off that's fine (laughs) You know, and the other thing is like, oh, injury history. He has torn, he has had two torn ACLs. But when you think about it, like that's, I feel like when you start playing football, you're given a helmet, pads, and your first torn ACL. <laughs> like who hasn't torn their ACL playing football at this point? Um, I'm just running a mock draft simulation here real quick to see what the commander's chances are of getting both the top offensive linemen and then in the second round, getting Michael Penix. I think he's, he's gone first round. Yeah, I mean, that's that's one of those, like, oh, I accidentally only drafted the first round. Um, that's one of those, like, by draft time, he'll probably be a first-round grade. Mm-hmm. But then, I like, I feel like we do this every year, where we get into the actual draft day, and we go, oh, these, these two quarterbacks are going to go first round, because quarterbacks always climb up the board in the end, right? Yeah. 
And I feel like the only time that happened was the Lawrence Fields Mac Jones draft, mm-hmm. where it felt like, oh, you know what? All these quarterbacks somehow ended up going in the first round. But you look at like uh, the Pickett draft. Like Pickett was the only first round quarterback, and we we talked ourselves into like fucking Desmond Ritter going in the first round with him and and maybe that kid out of Liberty that's now backing up Will Levis. Malik Willis? There you go. That's close enough, you know? I think think we see for sure three quarterbacks go in the first round. I won't be surprised if we see up to five. Jaden Daniels has blown up some draft boards compared to where he was to start the year. Yeah, what five quarterbacks do you think could possibly go in the first round? So, Williams, May, Penix, I think those three for sure go in the first round. And then you get into your, like, if you're Jaden Daniels, you have your Bo Nixes. I think Nix would probably be the last one off the board. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it'll be interesting to see how Daniels' stock moves further out the draft process. But the, the growth he's shown throughout his college career into his Heisman season has been pretty miraculous. How many quarterbacks do you think go overall in the draft then? Because hmm. this is something you can start betting on. Let's pull up this list here. Um, I don't think yours is going. I don't think that goes. JJ probably goes. Michael Pratt goes. Like that falls off. I don't think anybody's drafting Spencer Rattler if he comes out. He might have to. I think he might be out of eligibility. Um, Seven. All right. So you heard it here first when they finally put out draft props. If anything's under quarterback six and a half, bet the over. You heard it here first. Yeah. Now I'm wondering if I set the bar too low. It's tough because, I mean, quarterback's such an important position that I feel like teams who don't even really need one, if there's like a QB who has some good college tape here or there, or like some potential, they'll be like in the sixth round. They'll be like, yeah, fuck it. We'll take this kid out of Northern Illinois. Um, good news is on the totally nonsensical, probably going to get cut out of the episode stuff. Uh, I went ahead and ran a mock draft simulator for the top two rounds, played as the commanders. Uh, if you guys don't know, PFF, when you subscribe to their premium stats, you can like mock draft shit where you pick a team and it's just like all the fun parts of playing dynasty mode in Madden without all the lame. I actually have to play football parts. Got the tackle out of Penn State at four, traded Sam Howell in the third for the Cardinals' second and third rounder. So I moved up a pick in the third round and uh, added a second rounder for Sam Howell, basically. Picked up Michael Penix Jr., round two, pick 35. Wow. Chris Brashwell, the uh, edge edge out of Alabama, and Landon Jackson, the edge out of Arkansas. Also, because of that trade, I ended up giving the commanders the 35th, 36th, and 37th overall picks. That was kind of cool. You got Brashwell there in the second? Yeah. That would be a hell of a, a second-round pick, I think. I mean, he'll probably go in the second, but he's going to be really good. I'm a fan. Well, there you go. We'll, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get more draft stuff going soon. Maybe, maybe we'll figure out some collaborative draft articles to work on. Maybe we'll see if we can even do, like, a uh, seven-round mock draft simulator stream or something like that at some point. Okay. That'd be kind of fun, yeah. Fun. Get, like, set up on Twitch, just do seven-round mock draft. Wait, do we have to do it, like, in a bathtub while we, like, have an ASMR microphone doing it? I mean, we don't have to, but are we really going to half-ass this, Mike? That's true. Might as well go full-ass. We came to win. That's right. 
All right, with that, uh, I don't know how much that's going to actually stay in the podcast because I was spending a lot of time getting this mock draft to work so I can get Michael Panics on the Commanders. Figure we should talk some pro ball. Talk about, uh, well, I already mentioned one of these quarterbacks and the other one. Mike, in, in 2024 NFL draft, mm-hmm. where does Bryce Young go? In the 2024 NFL draft? Yeah, quarterback-wise. Is he uh, the third quarterback off the board? Is he the fifth quarterback off the board? Yeah, he probably doesn't come off before Mayor Williams. So definitely not before Mayor Williams. I think that that's yeah. probably probably a given. But with the way they were looking at him going into last year's draft, I think he would come off three. You think he would be above that kid out of LSU? I'm sorry, young man. I hate when people call people kids. So yeah. I'm trying to get better about doing that. Well, it's because you you're he... what, 27 now? Yeah. So you, that's when you start just calling all college players kids. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like officially older than everyone in college. Last year, Stetson Bennett still had me by like four or five years, but now. It, now I'm older than everyone in college. Um, yeah, I think he would have, he would come out before Jaden Daniels or come off the board before Jaden Daniels. So what? You think in this draft he'd be like 16th overall? Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess when you not play, a great look, not a great look for your yeah, starting well, I mean, quarterback when you to come off at play 16. out how the board would go with teams that need quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah, because that's that's typically how it works, right? Like, mm-hmm. there's a huge surge of quarterback at the top for the top prospects, and there's a drop-off. Then a bunch of people take quarterbacks in the 20s that all suck. And then there's, like, some day two, day three guys who pop off. I think this year's going to be really interesting just because d- does Chicago believe in fields? Yeah, that's the big question. Like Arizona. I'll say this. I think a quarterback 100% goes at one. The question is, is it because Chicago trades out of the pick or because Chicago takes a quarterback? Trade it back to Carolina for Bryce Young. <laughs> Just, I can't imagine objectively trading basically Caleb Williams for Bryce Young. In fact, not just Caleb Williams for Bryce Young. Caleb Williams for Bryce Young with one less year of rookie scale contract. But they got DJ Moore and Bryce Young now. <laughs> it's all part of the plan. They Kevin Costner the shit out of it. That was their draft day. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Every week on this podcast, we cover the Atlanta Falcons. On our Monday show, we review the week that was, and on our Thursday show, we predict the week that will be, including placing a same-game parlay, of which, so far on the season, it is now week 14. I'm, are we, is it week 14? Yeah, week 15. Yeah. We've placed, I think we didn't start the same-game parlay thing immediately. I think that was a little bit in, so I'll say we've placed, like, yeah. a combined 26 of these. Sounds good. And you've hit one. I think it was you. You really wanted to hit one. Yeah, I hit one a couple weeks ago. I feel like I've come close a couple of times. <laughs> so this one, it's uh, Falcons minus three, over under 34. Listen, that line is too short, man. I get it. The Falcons haven't looked good. The Panthers are so bad. So first off, top disclaimer I got to put out here. Bet the under. Over under 34. Still not low enough. Falcons don't score points. It's just, it's, it's just not worth it, man. Um, there's some question marks on the Falcons' offensive line. So that's something to definitely keep an eye on. Chris Lindstrom, uh, Dan Dahlman, Damon Dahlman, I can't remember what his first name is, who the center, and Jake Matthews are all questionable right now, which are their three best offensive linemen. And their best defensive lineman, David Onyemata, is also questionable. So it's worth keeping an eye out on that. Those are, of the people I just named, it's probably two guys that are going to be on the all-pro team this year, and then two other guys that'll probably get voted into the Pro Bowl. That being said, this Panthers team is abhorrently bad. By EPA per play, on offense, 30th ranked 
out of 32 teams. 27th ranked since Frank Reich got fired, so good job. You guys made the right call. You fired Frank Reich, moved up three places. Earth it. Their defense is 28th ranked. Bryce Young, 30th ranked by EPA per play among QBs with at least 240 snaps. By PFF grade, the offense, once again, 30th ranked. Defense, huge surge here, 23rd ranked. Suddenly their best unit. When you when you go by PFF grade. The special good. teams, 27th ranked. Don't think that's really going to come into the game. Or I guess it will, because there's going to be a shitload of punts. Yeah, these teams are terrible. <laughs> and Bryce Young, amongst all PFF quarterbacks that they've graded, that have played at least 25% of available snaps this season, second to last, ahead of only P.J. Walker. It's been rough. It's been, uh, <laughs> it's been rough as a, as a Bryce Young stand. So the defense has been better since Frank Reich left. I don't think Frank Reich really had that big of an influence on the defense. I think that it was just like schedule luck. They played the Titans, Bucks, and Saints, which are not world beater offenses. Mm-hmm. And then we we know what's up with Atlanta at this point. I don't really need to go through the stuff. Their run defense is excellent. Their pass defense is pretty good. They're a very effective game on or team on the ground. If they have to go to the air a bunch, game script wise, they get behind and have to start passing to get into it. Ritter is going to turn it over. He makes he makes poor decisions. He gets like one out of every six or seven games will just be awesome. It'll be like holy shit, Desmond Ritter. But for the most part, he's probably not going to be the quarterback there a few years from now. I'm pretty sure Justin Fields is going to be. I don't I think that's pretty safe. But Justin Fields getting traded to the uh, for some reason I feel like Arthur Smith would be all about that, right? Yeah, think about it. I mean, they love to like get the pocket going in motion. Imagine mm-hmm. you get the pocket going in motion instead of Trey Young ass looking Desmond Ritter. You have Tank Justin Fields just moving behind that offensive line. Yeah. I mean, you could just run like quick option shit where you have the offensive line just running horizontal, Justin Fields behind it, and he has an option to like quick toss to Bijan, throw downfield to Drake London, or just take off himself. That's the shit Arthur Smith like has wet dreams about. So, Mike, you got your uh, you got your parlay ready? Yeah. I'll toss mine out first here. I took Atlanta minus three. Like I said, I, I don't get what's up with that line. That line should be longer. Mind you, I think I said that over and over and over again last week about Detroit. So, uh, whoops. Under 34, bet the under until they tell you or they prove that you shouldn't. Bijan over 65 and a half yards. Panthers defense just fucking sucks, man. Yeah. And game script wise, they want to run Bijan. I, it's a it's a high number for the amount of yards he averages, but this defense is so bad. And then uh, I also bet the first half under 16 and a half. I wanted to bet under two touchdowns scored in the first half, but for some reason it wouldn't let me bet that in a parlay. But it would let me bet under 16 and a half. Yeah, there's some props they won't let you. It's whack. It is whack. Total plus 551. Once again, Falcons minus three, under 34. Bijan over 65 and a half yards and under 16 and a half first half total. You want to give me your parlay there, Mike? All right. All right. All right. I'm okay. So I'm with you on the under. Because these teams... <laughs> well, I'll start... Okay, so I took Falcons, money line. I'm not touching the spread. And I took the under. The Panthers are so bad that you think, like, oh, this is a game that the Falcons could actually like win handedly. But then I still feel like it's somehow going to be a game that they win, like, 13-10. Like, I guess that will at least be a push for you, so it'd be all right. <laughs> But I still think it's going to be pretty. However, I'm going to get a little weird here. Drake London's hot. Big week last week. I think that keeps going. I have him as an anytime touchdown score at plus 280. I like that that added in there. This is going to sound crazy, but 
Desmond Ritter just to get to 200 yards is plus 130. I don't know if you give me like plus odds for I've said it before. You give me plus odds for an NFL quarterback in today's league to get to 200 yards. I'm probably just going to take it. So I took that too. And then this last one getting real risky. Miles Sanders. Broke off a couple plays last week. Got to like 71 yards. Maybe they'll give him a couple more snaps now. I have him taken his over 27 and a half rushing yards. I think he gets to whopping 28 this week. He has been so bad this season. He has. This is a risky one, but I'm, I'm, I'm taking it. Total odds is 6,406. You said it was plus 130 for him to get to 200 yards? Yeah. Uh, he's done it six times this year. That's enough for me. <laughs> Yeah, I, what's with you and Drake London? Like, w- was he just the best college receiver you had ever seen or something? Because every week you come on here and bet Drake London props, and they hit like one-third of the time. Yeah, well, that's not his fault. <laughs> it's not his fault. I'm not saying it's his fault, but you just won't give it. Like, uh, well, if I told you that I'm going to bet Justin Herbert over one and a half passing touchdowns today, and you went, yeah, but he's injured, and I went, that's not his fault. Is it? Guess what? It's still not going to hit. It's going to hit. It's going to hit. Drake London had a phenomenal, just athletic, gets way the hell up in the air, grabs a contested ball to end the game last season. Mm -hmm. Or last, last, uh, last week against Tampa Bay. Just gets way the fuck up. Great possession. Gets tackled three yards short of the goal line. Once again, not his fault. He did everything in his power to score that touchdown to win the game. But Desmond Ritter doesn't have the arm strength to throw a dart into the end zone from 30 yards out. He hasn't. So Drake London had to turn into fucking Megatron to get that ball and try to score. He hasn't scored a touchdown since week four. Some people would say that is a negative sign for my bet. I say it eventually ha- he eventually has to get him. <laughs> I can't due. wait, I can't wait to get to the end of Drake London's career and go, you know, I think Drake London's a Hall of Fame receiver, except he never scored a touchdown again after week four of the 23-24 NFL season. That's wild. He broke the NFL career record for receiving yards, but only has six touchdowns in his career. Remember that, remember that weird Julio Jones season where like he didn't score until like week 11, but had like 1,500 yeah. yards on the season? What was up with that? That was when uh, the gambling man was there, right? Calvin Ridley? Mm-hmm. I feel like there's, if you go back through the, the annals of history, there's been some like weird running back years where they just rack up the yards, but then they'd bring in some like, 250 pound guy to slam it in at the one yard line as <laughs> what Montgomery last year in Detroit yeah, yeah. where Montgomery would have like 130 yards zero touchdowns and Jamal Williams would have 16 yards two touchdowns mm-hmm. that's sick I want to be that guy I get that right? it probably hurts like hell but wouldn't it be great just to be like oh what do you do well I come in to average two and a half yards a carry on goal line situations and score touchdowns a pretty sweet gig you only have to come out on the field what like five times a game if that yeah and you get popped hard every time because the other team's doing everything they can to stop you from scoring a touchdown but still you go fucking like ice your shoulder or whatever gets hurt and just fucking circle back man all good props to detroit for not like buying into that and being like yeah jamal we're not paying you (laughs) we're just gonna go drafting your gibbs You're, you're good you can go and props to the Saints for doing the most Saints thing and going, you know what? Our team is one step away from championship level. We got Derek Carr in the building. Let's go get a career backup running back who scored a bunch of touchdowns last year. Yeah, and pair him with washed up Alvin Kamara. I just feel like you don't watch the Saints. Who does? God, me when they play the Falcons, unfortunately. Yikes.
which was uh you're, you're, gonna, you're gonna watch this game twice oh yeah i watch all the games twice man that's how this works god bless you and sneeze uh alvin kamara on the season right now has five touchdowns 564 yards in one two three four five six seven eight nine ten games because he was suspended for the first few yeah Average of four yards to carry. I mean, he's not the guy he used to be. Oh, he has yeah. another receiving touchdown plus another four hundred and two yards receiving. There you oh, go. And, okay, so that makes him a little more a little more valuable. Yeah, he's almost a thousand yards from scrimmage for ten games. That's cute. Six touchdowns. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. I get, I get six touchdowns. No, no one plays defense anymore in the NFL. <laughs> start. I'm gonna start using the the NBA take for all leagues. <laughs> no one plays defense anymore. You can't lead with your helmet anymore. What kind of this is this shit? <laughs> Back in my day, people used to jump like lawn darts and launch into each other's chests. There was no such thing as CTE. <laughs> what's that? Is that like, uh, what's the thing in the NBA? It's like hand checking. It's not one of the things you can't do anymore. Yeah. It means you can't just like smack people in the arms. Is that what that is? No. So, you know, when you get on an airplane, you can only have carry ons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the people had to check their hands before they got on the court. <laughs> yeah. You're an asshole. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I wasn't watching basketball in the 90s. I got no fucking clue what hand-checking is. I just know people are like, Jordan was great because he dealt with hand-checking. Yeah. yeah. Bill right. Lambeer throwing a collarbone into him. Or a, <laughs> a collarbone? <laughs> Bill Lambeer fucking dedicated to the craft, going collarbone first into guys. Uh, I can't wait till we talk Draymond on Baski. I got a lot to say. So there's a I, little, think we're not, little I don't think we're going to talk teaser. about it this week. I think, uh, we better. I got, this I got, isn't that important. I think we're going to talk about it. I got don't you have thoughts say. on Jakob Podol potentially being... <laughs> the centerpiece in a Toronto trade package. No, we got to talk Draymond and we got to talk the fight between Giannis getting the ball and a rookie who scored his first point. Who's no, <laughs> who no one's heard of. Yeah. Rookie's like, ah, oh, I get to keep the game ball. Right. And Giannis is like, I scored 64 points. Get the fuck out of here. I'm an MVP. Who are you? Are you going to be in the league next year? And that boy scored his first points. Grew up to be Michael Jordan. <laughs> Fun fact. <laughs> You sound like every old dude is like, you know, Michael Jordan got cut from his high school team. <laughs> and then he was in Space Jam. Dreams do come true, everybody. Why is Back your old man Randy, Randy Marsh? <laughs> I don't, that's not Randy Marsh. That was Randy Marsh. I that mean, was it was old. South Parky. It was South Parky. I'm sorry. I'm going to get sued by Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Yeah. That's why I had to stop singing songs from Book of Mormon. These lawsuits are piling up, man. Speaking of Mormons... I have no segue. Utah Jazz. <laughs> We're just gonna go back to basketball. <laughs> so our final segment we do every week here on the podcast is we cover the games of the week. Now we could go through and cover every game, but if you want to do that, you listen to the PFF podcast, and that podcast fucking sucks. So go enjoy your shitty podcast, you fucking nerds. Hey, what, dude? It's like I've, I've it's like two it. hours and forty five minutes, and it's so dry. Oh Chilly? my god, I try, I try, man. Every week yeah. I try, and I'm like, ah. Be interesting. They're like, did you know this guy is this PFF grade? We do that on our podcast. Yeah, but we're funny. Yeah, we go, his PFF grade 69. Nice. <laughs> They're just the guys that make the grades. That's true. You know, that's it. Officially, the enemy of town alone is PFF. We're in a war. But well, don't worry. We're still going to pay you guys. We need your premium stats. <laughs> How else am I going to know man coverage and zone coverage percentages for players? It's very like, important for me. It's like if in World War II, the Nazis were like, all right, we're at war. By the way, can we buy some tanks from you? 
America would probably say yes, but we're not going to get into politics. So anyways, we covered the games of the week. We could cover all the games. We don't. We cover certain games. We cover the interesting ah. games. But then at the end, when you're like, do you got anything else? I somehow ram- like ramble and mention every other game. Listen, all I'm saying is, no one wants our fucking analysis on Pittsburgh, Indiana. It's going to be a banger. No, it's not. It's not going to be a banger. Minchu versus the Titty Kisser? You're not tuning in? No. It's also okay. on Saturday. Oh, I hate that's so dumb. I hate Saturday <laughs> games. Unlo- Play except, for the play- except for the playoffs. It's like they were so excited that college football is happening. They're like, well, people are going to be looking for football. Yeah. And then they'll like, be like, oh. I still think that there's a chance that Goodell thinks that the average football watcher is a guy in his mid 50s on his couch with like a clicker who's very confused why Channel 3 doesn't have the Bears on. The he just people. goes there every he goes there every day at 1 p.m. Eastern. He goes, Channel 3. Why aren't the Bears playing on Channel 3 at 1 p.m. on a Wednesday? He does like, are, oh, we need to reach this guy. These are the same uh, sociopaths who, like, they get talked to him. Like, oh, did you see the game? Did you, did you see the game yesterday? And they're like, no, I taped it. Don't tell me what happened. I'm going to watch it when I get home. If you missed a game, right? Say that you were driving home from the store after picking up some peanuts. The Bills mm-hmm. game was going to happen. Boom, you get hit by a semi-truck. You wake up on Tuesday. <laughs> That's quick. Quick bounce back, eh? <laughs> Do you just... Take out ESPN and check the score. Yeah, you check the score, watch the highlights, move on with your life. I didn't even watch the highlights, man. I'm like, missed it. Just going to check the score. If anybody had, I'd watch them. With, I mean, if it's my team, I'll watch them on the highlights. Eh, I don't know. If I, yeah, if I miss a Commander's game, like if something comes up and I really can't watch it, and I miss the entire thing, I'm just like, ah, Commander's won by three points. I bet that was a good game. Well, I mean, how many highlights are there in a Commander's game? Uh, Sam Howell throws interceptions. Interceptions are highlights. That's true. Okay, can you tell uh, Jahan Dotson to maybe play fucking football for one week? That'd be nice. I would like it if the entire team played terrible until the end of the season, but we'll get to that. That's fine. He can, like, fumble it. Just, like, get 100, like, catch it, go all the way from the one to the other one, and then he can fumble it. <laughs> you know you lose points on fumbles, right? Okay, all right, so we'll have him get in the end zone. Are we going to talk about this week, or are you just going to keep going off course? I guess both. I mean, you know, you got to fill time between ads. That's true. Athletic so like I said, every, we we're, we review certain games every week. Mike, I got kind of a weird thing going on this week, so I'm gonna let I'm gonna have you go first. Okay. With your game of the week. Yeah, you didn't do it. So once again, I did it. Uh, Dallas. At... I left it for you. <laughs> you do every week. You leave it for me. Uh, Dallas at Buffalo. Oh boy. Here we go again. More Tony Romo for Bills fans to have to listen to. Jim, this is a huge game. This kickoff could be the entire game, Jim. I can't wait to get another Romo game where every time Allen checks down or throws the ball away, Romo just creams in his pants. He gets so excited. He's like, ah, he's like, yeah, see, this isn't what they were doing when Dorsey was there. Like, this is so important for Allen. You know, he checks it down, realizes it's not there. Like, yeah, congratulations. We got three yards. I know you're so happy about that, Romo. <laughs> um, you just, yeah, but sometimes I, I feel like sometimes you just pine for year two, Josh Allen. When every play was, I'm going to throw it 50 yards downfield, and it's either going to be intercepted or a touchdown. I like the adrenaline. I like to live dangerously. This is why you just up and get tattoos every other week. Josh does crazy shit. It gets me going. You have no risk assessment followed by negative outcome. You have risk assessment followed by money. You're like, well, the, the only possible outcome of this risk is that I become a millionaire. There's no risk versus reward. I just see reward. 
Yeah. Like you see Josh Allen load up to throw downfield, and you're like, I can't believe he's going to throw a touchdown from the one yard line. Did I mention? I don't think I mentioned it last week when you we talked about the Chiefs game. But I don't think there are many football fans that react less than me to their quarterback throwing an interception. Like Josh threw the interception last week at Kansas City, and I was like, eh. That was his one. We're good, guys. Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> you got it out of him. Like, we're good. Don't worry. Like, it's you should just see me watch story. a Commanders game. It might be a, a close competition <laughs> for who reacts less to a turnover. That's true. Uh, but anyway, probably the Bills. I don't know. I was going to say one of their toughest games of the year, but oh no, it actually is. The last six games of the season are all one of their toughest games of the year somehow. Yeah, but compared to what we were looking at the schedule, like, you know, six weeks ago, now this seems like the toughest team that we faced in the stretch. Are you surprised the bills are a favorite? I mean, it's only one and a half points, but yeah, it's at home. I am surprised because if Dal- Dallas has to similarly to like the bills need to win out mm-hmm. to really make the playoffs, like their chances technically aren't zero. If they lose a game, their chances drop to about 80%. If they lose a mm-hmm. game, according to the New York times playoff simulator, if they lose two, they're completely out, but still yeah. they arguably need to win out to ensure they're making the playoffs. On the other hand, Dallas literally needs to win out to make the one seed. Like, there's no way that between now and the end of the the year, San Francisco and Philly are each going to drop two games if Dallas only drops one. Or I guess San Francisco might have to drop three games for and Philly drop two for for Dallas to get the one seed if they lose a game. So, like, Dallas has to win out. So, this isn't, like, a let-up spot. I am kind of confused by this line being one and a half. And the Bills' next three are Chargers, Patriots, and then the Dolphins again. So you would think Chargers, Patriots should be wins, but you just don't know this year. Real quick, can I just like laugh for a second at the Dolphins? Just yeah. point, point and laugh for them blowing the 14-point lead under three minutes left. Oh, you know what? We just did this whole bit about like if I miss a game, I'm never going to go back and watch the highlights. Uh-huh. I was dealing with having dropped a, a oh, weight yeah. on my foot. And so like I slept through that game. Mm-hmm. And then I woke up and was like, what the fuck happened? Went back and watched the highlights. So yeah. for all the shit I just talked about not going back and watching highlights, I did, in fact, go back and watch the highlights for that game. Yeah, like, as a Bills, like, once again, as a Bills fan, <laughs> as I've mentioned, I am many a times. I like to think no fans really understand the art of a team somehow losing a game all of a sudden when it felt like you were going to win it. And I was impressed by the Dolphins. <laughs> it was an impressive performance. Anyway, back to this game. Uh, I am also surprised the Bills are favorite. They have to win this game. I'm going to throw it on a hot take. Bills win this game. We're going to the Super Bowl. It's happening. Bills win this game. We are peaking at the right time. We are the Giants the year they snapped the undefeated streak of the Patriots. I'm feeling the vibes if we win this game. I'm a little concerned about Dallas. As I mentioned this earlier, I looked it up. They... And it's funny, when we talked about like the Duran Bland switch, I was like, they may have to lay off some of their man coverage. And then uh, Dan Quinn was like, fuck you, Michael, you don't do this. You don't know what you're talking about. And he hasn't. <laughs> and like, if you look up uh, defensive players that have played at least 300 snaps, uh, percentages of man coverage, the top three are Dallas players, and then six of the top 10 are Dallas players. Like, yeah, they so- love playing man coverage. I think that if you're expecting to beat top-tier quarterbacks with single coverage against their best receiver, you're screwed. So if Dallas walks into this game plan and says, okay, we're going to use 
Malik Hooker to stop, you know, Dalton Kincaid throws in the middle of the field to, to cover James Cook runs. That's, that's generally going to be our, our plan for, for our free safety. We'll let Deron Bland slow down digs on his own. They're going to get torched because Allen's going to be able to put it into tight windows. Yeah. I also think Diggs is one of the, if you go man with Diggs, I think he's one of the best. He's, he's one of the best route runner, right? Yeah. He's, yeah. he's like snapping off people's ankles. Especially like, you know, those first few yards off the line, he can get separation pretty quick. So Yeah. And th- I, I think that modern Josh Allen is, is able to kill you by a thousand cuts. Mm-hmm. Like the, the general idea of playing kind of that prevent style defense or that too high style defense is to make offenses run a bunch of plays and just wait for them to fuck up. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen has shown this season and last season, he can run a million plays without fucking up. Yeah. Or like the Bills have like this statistically good red zone offense. And I feel like it's because they play this safe thing and the teams get down to the field and then the field compresses. <laughs> and then they're able to kind of hold them in there and get force them to like kick a field goal. Until we get to the second half, and then our depleted defense is gassed, and then teams start moving the ball more. But, you know, this, this first half. Second half is going to be fucking cooking in this game, man. Yeah, so both, both of these offenses can do that, because they both have quarterbacks mm-hmm. who can check down intelligently. Yeah, and I don't, I'm in no way am scared of Tony Pollard. At all. What about Dowdle? I feel like, I mean, Dowdle's kind of like what Pollard used to be when he played with Zeke. And so, like, there is the chance that Dowdle will break off some big runs here and there, but I'm not afraid of Tony Pollard. And I think he has been playing really good. And that people haven't talked about is Russell Douglas. Yeah. He's been playing really good. And that actually turned out to be like a really good trade. So good job, Brandon Bean, but yeah, it makes the, makes the bears look dumb again for that trade. It does. Isn't that always fun making the bears look dumb? <laughs> like when they trade the first for Bryce Young. <laughs> so to, I'm like all over the place talking about this one, but I, to go to your point when you were like the second half of this game is going to be a lot of fun. I think, over under 50 and a half. If the over hits, that's a good sign. I feel like that means the Bills were able to hang with Dallas's offense. It came down to the wire and we're going to get the win by a little bit. If the under hits, that's because this Dallas Cowboys defense shuts us down <laughs> and Dallas gets up big and then the game just kind of whittles away. Yeah, kind of one of those fun betting quirks. Mm-hmm. Typically, teams are more likely to to cover the spread as the favorite if the over hits. Mm-hmm. So I think you're right. I think if you're a Bills fan, you're rooting for the over here. I mean, obviously in a perfect world, you're rooting for the Bills to hit the over alone, 51 to zero. Yes. Cause that would make you feel real good about your chances in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But I think, like you said, if the over hits here, it means that the Bills were in this game the whole way and probably are covering the spread. And, and that's what, that's what it's going to take. Cause I didn't, I meant to look it up again this week, the EPA per play difference for the Bills defensively because it just feels like every week we keep shit together in the first half and it starts to open up in the second half for the the opposing offense so it's going to take a big time josh game luckily he is mr 425 that's this is when he comes to play (laughs) we'll be at home place will be rocking um obviously i'm going to take the bills to win (laughs) i think we're peaking at the right time baby we're peaking at the right time you're hitting you're hitting one of the hottest teams in football though we are and it will feel, dare I say, orgasmic to hand them their first loss in a very long time. Since the 49ers game. Or sorry, mm-hmm. since the Eagles game, not the 49ers. Since yeah, the first was... Eagles game. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to take the Bills to win 34-31. 
my specific prediction ties into that because the win is going to be based is going to come from a walk off 42 yard specifically Tyler Bass field goal. I think if uh, if Dallas managed to pull this one off, you can you can go ahead and turn the MVP voting off the rest of the season. FanDuel. If oh, Dallas absolutely. wins this game, especially wins this game and hits the over, just Dax, write Dax's name on the, the trophy. That's it. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I, I'm trying to think like who I'm more afraid of. Like, am I afraid of the Gilmore Bland situation? Am I afraid of Micah Parsons breathing down Allen's neck? Like, what's the scarier situation here? Yeah, I think even the best cornerbacks in the league can get shredded by a, a great quarterback. Mm-hmm. and there's few quarterbacks that I think are playing better this season than Josh Allen. He's just getting screwed by the rest of the team and the coaching. So I would definitely say I would rather be challenging Bland and Gilmore on passing reps than be sitting in the pocket, running play action, waiting for long developing plays with Micah Parsons going up against a notably middling offensive line. My game of the week, or you got any more thoughts on this? Yeah, yeah, you can go around in circles for hours if I wanted to, so back to you. All right, my game of the week. I have the Monday night game. Eagles at Seahawks. Current line set at Eagles minus 3.5, over under 47.5. This is – so the both these teams are on a losing streak right now, by the way. Mm-hmm. Seattle's on a four-game losing streak. Philly's on a two-game losing streak. This is Philly's first two-game losing streak with Hurts as a starter since week seven – or week six and week seven of the 21-22 season. So it's been two years since they've had a two-game losing streak with Hurts as a starter. The last two games, they've scored less than 20 points. The last time that the Eagles had two games in a row where they scored less than 20 points with Hurts as a starter was weeks 15 and 16 of the 2021 season. So that's three seasons ago. So this this is uncharted waters a little bit for Philly here. And I think this is a huge bounce-back opportunity. There's not a ton of guys in the Seattle defense that I like outside of Devin Witherspoon, Tariq uh, Woolen to like a small degree, and um, Bobby Wagner are probably the, the three guys I like best on this defense. And they're small. I mean, it's not like a big defense. Like they got Jamal Adams, but Jamal Adams ain't shit. So I think that there's an opportunity here for Philly to get like a real big bounce-back game. And I get it. I underrate Seattle all the time. I've come on here week after week predicting the other team to beat Seattle, the other team to cover the spread against Seattle, Seattle to not be in games that they end up being in deep into the game. So take take it with a grain of salt, right? I, I've, I've been wrong on Seattle all year, and I haven't at all planned on updating, and I still will not update. I still think Seattle isn't that good. But currently, they're 19th ranked in defense by PFF grade. And they're allowing an average of 33 points per game in their last three. Like, they're really giving up a lot of offense recently. And it's not quite clear if Geno Smith is going to start this game or not. Like, now is your opportunity to get in on that Eagles three-and-a-half-point line before... Like, how much does this line move if Drew Locke takes over instead of Geno? It's three-and-a-half right now. With the way the year's gone, I feel like it shouldn't move more than, like, a point but it will probably move more than that. Really? I think Geno Smith is easily two and a half points better than Drew Locke. I, I don't, so I'm like just so down on the Seahawks team right now. I think they're so terrible, in my opinion, where they're at. 
like they they they're they're like the kraken of the NFL for me. Like I think they totally overshot expectations last year, and now the chickens are coming home to roost. So. That's an easy comp. Just going Seattle-based teams. Yeah. To me, they're the supersonics of the NFL. Oh, uh, bad news, guys. They're about to go to Oklahoma City. You think at some point DK Metcalf is going to like learn how to run a full route tree? So can we like just touch on that for a second? Because I feel like DK always like he was all like pissed off on the sidelines last week. And I feel like he's pictured as like this all around star receiver in a bad situation right now. And I'm like, have we seen that from DK? Like he's put up numbers, but have we seen a guy who you're like, man, he can do everything. Like he's a fucking Devonte Adams in a bad situation. I, I, for some reason, I don't feel that way with DK. Yeah. How about, how about this DK? Instead of spending your time learning sign language, why don't, why don't you learn a full West coast route tree? And then we could talk. Yeah. Like he runs like three routes. But he's just so physically dominant. That's it. Makes yeah, it he's he's fucking big and fast, and so they're just like run a nine route, just go straight down the field. Yeah, I I think I mentioned this before. I was listening to like a, a college football podcast where they called like some receivers. He referred to it the term as their sausage receivers. I don't know how this tracks, but he was like, they can do like three routes. They don't have a full route tree. Yeah, that's DK Metcalf. Yeah. Guess what, bud? Your teammate at Mississippi State. Way better than you, because he can run a full route tree. Who's that? AJ Brown. The Mississippi State or Ole Miss? Ole Miss. My bad. No, I was like, yeah, was Ole Miss. Yeah. Yeah. AJ yeah, Brown's a, a monster. AJ Brown's one of the top three receivers in the league. And they were at Ole Miss at the same time, and that part of that is because AJ Brown has the full route tree in his his pocket. Yeah. I ate so much crow on that one. What were you, uh, AJ Brown denier? Yeah, I was like, oh, he's a really good receiver. I don't think he's like it's as big of a deal as people were making it out to be when he ended up in Philadelphia. And holy shit, was I wrong? Yeah, <laughs> turned Sorry. out to be a great fit. Yeah, I just, I also just realized saying that out loud. This is the old Smith, uh, old Smith, old Miss Bowl. We got AJ Brown versus DK Metcalf. Yeah, maybe DK should be on the sidelines, like taking notes while <laughs> all teams on defense. I like the idea of you see him like scribbling stuff and you look at the notepad and it's just him drawing a post route. Like, <laughs> I've never seen that before. What do you call this? Wait, you don't keep going straight? You you turn? What do you mean fade? Possible. It's also it's also the king of the animated coaches between Sirianni and Pete Carroll. Oh, I love Pete Carroll's animation much better. Hands on the knees, chomping on the gum. That's the oh, old yeah. school football coaching right there. That's it's it's a classic, man. You see you see <laughs> yeah. Pete Carroll out there, you're like, that guy just looks like seventies football. Yeah, that dude goes into practice fucking amped up every week. <laughs> if you found out, like Pete Carroll retires, writes a tell all book, you found out that he had like a horrible debilitating coke problem all these years, would it even really surprise you? Not at all. Yeah. Coke He's keeps been- you young, that's what they always say. Most people's metabolism slows down as they get older, put on a little weight. Not Pete Carroll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pete Carroll, if Pete Carroll popped off the, uh, the like zip up turtleneck thing he always wears, mm-hmm. and he had a six pack underneath. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I think right? this, you kind of see that. Right? This dude does coaching meetings and he's doing crunches while he's talking to his, his staff. <laughs> yeah. You think like he loves playing the Texans because he can go over to D'Amico Ryan's and then share workout tips? Oh, yeah. Who's the, most, who's the who's the most shredded coach right now? Sean McVay's like low key in this conversation. That guy's in great shape. Oh yeah, I think if he took his shirt off during games, teams would definitely like it. It would be a good tactic to like distract defenses. That's the whole thing, right? Like Shanahan right now, and maybe maybe for longer than right now, has been a better offensive coach than McVay. Like McVay peaked and kind of plateaued. Yeah, but McVay's so pretty. 
Is that why McVay is like the future of the NFL? He's gorgeous and he's got the ring, baby. It doesn't yeah, matter what he does from here on out. I, I was chuckling a minute ago because I thought of like, what if Mike, Medan- Mike McDaniels took his shirt off? If Mike McDaniels took his shirt off and had like the seven deadly sins tattooed on his back, that wouldn't really surprise you either, yeah, right? It wouldn't surprise me either. Anyways, Eagles at Seahawks. Battle of the birds, baby. Battle of the birds. Winner gets to be the best bird. Oh, wait, no. Ravens still have that title. I keep forgetting that. Yeah, Ravens are best bird. Raven, Ravens are best bird. My score prediction for this, I think Philly walks away with it pretty easy. 31-16. The defense has been underperforming, so I think Seattle has the potential to hang points on them. But I think Philly's going to comfortably cover this game. My all specific prediction, zero tush pushes. That's it. There's no tush pushes this game. I would be, be shocked. I don't think Are that you... I don't I, I don't think that Philly's gonna struggle for first downs and touchdowns. Okay. I don't think so... they're gonna be in short yarded situations. Okay, now yeah, that that wouldn't surprise me either. And Jalen Hurts is dinged up, man. I mean, he's not moving the same way he did before. He comes out of like every game at some point limping. You smell that, Adam? No, I don't. You smell it? That's the stinky effect. This offense can't work without the stink. I <laughs> think that's what it is. Stink yeah. went away and stink went away. They got what's his name in there now? Uh, uh, fuck me. Shane smells good. <laughs> Doesn't have that stank on. Uh, Brian Johnson, brother of Ben Johnson. No. Oh, okay. I didn't know if this was like a Rex Bobby Ryan thing, where one was actually a good defensive coordinator and the other was a nightmare. <laughs> I just love when they used to cut to Rob Ryan on the sidelines of the Saints game, and they were like, "There's a longtime defensive coordinator, Rob Ryan." I'm like. Wait, don't the Saints keep missing out on the playoffs and like Super Bowl because yeah. their defense is terrible? Remember when after he got chickened in Dallas and like one of his defensive players was like did mentioned it to a reporter? He was like his like playbook was like massive. He wanted us to like know and do all these things that were super confusing. <laughs> and I know because when Rex was in Buffalo, he did a nepotism hire and brought him on on staff. Yeah. Rob Ryan's just fucking in, in his workshop at three in the morning, just stapling together zone and man coverages. It's like, what if one half of the field was entirely zone and the other half was entirely man and they swap sides after the snap? Then they change jerseys. <laughs> no one would know. Uh, did you give your, I'm sorry, did you give your oddly specific prediction? Yeah, zero oh, touch yeah, pushes. Zero touch pushes. Yeah. One more thing I want to throw on this game. We kind of touched on earlier, but I think this should be, I agree. I think it should be a six and a half point line if you're asking me. I think. I should Eagles. think it should be a seven-point line. Well, but I don't like lines where you can push, so <laughs> I think the Eagles can win by seven was my point, and if it was if it was that, I would take it. Well, I should still take it at minus three and a half. Maybe do a little alt spread ski, get plus odds. Yeah, this bitch. Right. What do you think the other? I, I got I got Fandle up. You want to you want to see the plus odds on that real quick? I got Fandle up too. <laughs> this guy's just always got to win. Eagles minus six and a half is plus one thirty-eight. There you go. Pretty juicy. You could, uh, if you want to go exactly my score, Eagles minus 13 and a half plus 330. There you go. Nice ticket. Official town alone bet of the week. All right, Mike, you want to give me, give me some of your other games? Give me another one of your games. Yeah, next one, Ravens at Jags. Baltimore is, at the time of my um, notes, they were minus three and a half, and they are. I think they still are. I think you're, yep. This is Sunday night football. They are still minus three and a half, but oh, wow. That's actually the uh, the dog betting wise. It's minus one hundred two. Um, I, part of me will say like a lot of this depends on 
if Lawrence is healthy, but even if he is, I still think Baltimore's a way better like all around team. Didn't you see and the clips it, of him last week before the game? He was running, he was like planting, turning stuff to prove how good his ankle was. Yeah, well, Rogers is walking around on the torn Achilles that's magically healed. So, and he's fifty. So he's Wolverine. Yeah, what's really impressive? Um, there's some people who are like fading Baltimore a little bit right now because they're close call with the Rams. Newsflash, guys: the Rams are a good football team this year. Yeah, like they're not like winning like a crazy amount of games. They may not be a playoff team, but they're like not an easy out at all week over week. This team, the team plays hard and has a, like a handful of very good players on both sides of the ball. Plus they have a very good coach. So come on. Um, he's sexy. Like we just talked about. So sexy. <laughs> Two sexy coaches in this game. Jim Harbaugh <laughs> doesn't get your motor running. He does not. Neither does his brother. They, and, got, uh, they got the eyes of serial killers. They do. And uh, Doug Peterson he's a different kind of sexy i don't know what category you'd put it in divorced dad sexy he's too sexy for t- having the tops of hats yeah <laughs> gotta get that luscious gray hair flowing <laughs> gotta tease he still, us but he still wants to protect his forehead from the sun <laughs> well he's got a he's got a bluff in poker and you have to wear one of those visors for that so yeah, yeah that, that is true but the other big part why put this game down is just after jags lose all of a sudden i feel like the uh afc south's wide fucking open for business eh you say that every few weeks we come in here once every other week and go afc south's wide open and then one of the three teams at the top wins and we go oh they're gonna win the division well that's just basically been the jags all season we've been like oh they lose wide open and they win we're like oh fuck that's not fun anymore (laughs) no but if they do this they drop to uh six wins six losses if i'm correct and then you know You'll have the Texans and Titans playing each other, which is the other game I've listed, so I'll talk about that in a minute, but that would put them at 8-6. and six. I'm pulling up... Uh, you know the Panthers are the only team eliminated from the playoffs? Yep. <laughs> at least Bryce Young came in first in something this year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would drop them to 8-6. and six. Uh, Yeah, so if, if the Jags lose, they still have uh 87% chance to make the playoffs. The, I mean, they, none of this is even worth speculating on. Unless the Texans make it. Who cares? Who wins yeah. the division uh, unless it's the Texans? Also, they're done playing the Texans. Yeah. Oh, but they, they, they split with them. That's right. I'm trying to... I'm going through the New York Times playoff simulator, figuring out how I can get it to the point that uh, the yeah. Texans win the division. Yeah, they, they beat the Colts twice. They split with the Texans. Interesting, interesting. Very interesting. Um, Let's see. Win the division. Let's get rid of... Get rid of this shit in here. Okay. If they lose to the Ravens, they still have a 75% chance to win the division. Yeah, Jags have this one locked down. <laughs> okay. Never mind then. This game's not even worth talking about. Uh, I mean, still. Lamar, plus 600 for MVP right now. Is that higher or lower come Monday? Um, I, I don't think it really moves. I think he's going to have a typical Lamar game here. Like, 175 passing yards and a touchdown and then 80 rushing yards and another touchdown. Yeah, something like that. Like, I'll have a good game, but it won't be like, whoa, Lamar Jackson. This guy. He's, he yeah, runs yeah. and then he throws. Kind of skinny. <laughs> uh, over under 42 and a half. I think I actually like the over. No, don't take overs, Michael. Never take overs. No Christian Kirk. Maybe no Travis Etienne. Does that affect your your summation of this game at all? Uh, Christian Kirk does more than ETN. ETN's not had a great year. Christian Kirk's been out a couple games. 
Uh, yeah. He's he's on IR. Um, he's kind of been supplanted by Calvin Ridley as the guy in the receiving core. Yeah, Christian Kirk's had a very down year. He's making a fuckload more money than Calvin Ridley, I tell you that. Well, in-game, betting market-wise, we have no idea. But you know what? God bless Christian Kirk, because after that, all wide receivers started making more money. So, good for him. They had to, because every agent went out and went, Christian Kirk is making this much money, okay? He comes up to my knee, okay? And that guy's making 20 mil a year, I think. Uh, I love the Ravens minus three in this game. I think the Ravens are so much of a better team than the Jags. Like, I think the Obviously. Ravens are Super Bowl contenders, and the Jags should feel lucky if they get out of the wild card. Yeah. Um, they're minus three and a half right now. Do you like that? Yeah. Like, I, I, I would probably bet this up to, up to Ravens minus four, I think, is probably my cap on it, but still. Yeah. I, I, I really like this Ravens line. You see this game ending, like, 25-20? I could, I could see the Jags not being able to score two touchdowns. The, the This is a good Ravens defense. I know Kyle Hamilton's questionable, and he's an important piece in the defense. Yeah. But this is, it's such a good, like, the defense for the Ravens is so good. And mm-hmm. look at how much the offense cooked last week off of finally just saying, hey, what if we did, in the fourth quarter in overtime, they were like, what if we did every play where Lamar Jackson throws a pass to Zay Flowers? What if that was just the only play we called? Yeah, for, like, it just took them years to get out of the throw it to Mark Andrews every play. Yeah. And part of that part of that was out of necessity, but... Yeah, the last, I don't know if you've been watching the last four weeks, but Lamar Jackson just keeps throwing to the empty space that he thinks that Mark Andrews is going to be in. Yeah. <laughs> just throws a, a limp pass to the middle of the field that bounces pointlessly on the ground. He comes back to that. He's like, Mark, where were you? Mark, Mark's on crutches. <laughs> it's just Isaiah likely sitting in the, the huddle with him. And he's like, I'm not Mark Andrews. How many times do I have to tell you that? Good one, Mark. Now get out there. All right, you got a game for me. Let me ask you this, though. Is this, are, are we once again doing the Jags are frauds and they're not actually frauds thing? Or are we doing the Jags are frauds and they are frauds? I still can't tell where we are on this. Jags are like, they're pseudo frauds at this point. They're fraudulent frauds. They're, they're like, they're, they're fake frauds. Like the, the, uh, the SEC is investigating them. Let's put it that way. <laughs> they're Enron. <laughs> yeah. Like the Enron Jags. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Mike, I'm, I'm going to go a little weird this week. I, I'm sure you already figured that, but it's weirder than you even think it's going to be. Okay. So uh, my next game I have here is Commanders at Rams, but it's not just Commanders at Rams. It's also Chiefs at Patriots. And it's not just Commanders at Rams and Chiefs at Patriots. It's Commanders at Rams, Chiefs at Patriots, and 49ers at Cardinals. That's right. My second game of the week is three games. I think I know why. Yeah, probably. I mean, you know, it's, there's there's three things on this list that you could probably pick out, but we'll go through it here. Ready? Uh. So starting off, Rams minus six and a half, over under 50 and a half. Over under is too high unless the Rams are going to score 40 points. I wrote that and then was like, oh, wait, you know what? The Rams are probably going to score 40 points. So bet the over. The Rams have scored over 30 in their last three weeks, including games against the Browns and the Ravens, which have notably had better defenses than the commanders have. Mm-hmm. This, this is like, I'll, I'll get to my point here in a second, but just when I was researching it, some of these stats I got to throw out at you. So the Rams over 30 against the number one and number two ranked defenses in EPA per play this season. On the other end of things, the commanders in that same three week stretch have allowed 45, 45 and 31 points. The 31 points, New York Giants. <laughs> Next up, we got Chiefs minus eight and a half with an over under of 37. The Chiefs are slumping right now. 
and the Patriots are still coached by Bill Belichick. But if I'm a fan of one of these two teams, I am nervous. Because if you're a Patriots fan, you need to lose. And if you're a Chiefs fan, you need to win. And this just seems like one of those games is going to get all fucking weird and Belichick-y. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs have dropped, do- dropped dumb games that they should have won. The Patriots beat the Steelers last week in a game that they definitely should have lost or should have uh, should have lost for a draft position. So this this one I don't feel great about if I'm a Patriots fan or a Chiefs fan. Feels like it's going to go the opposite way than you want. Last game I have here: 49ers minus 12 and a half over under 47 and a half. This is very good if you're a Cards fan who wants a quarterback. But Kyler Murray's playing for his job, brother. Mm-hmm. 49ers got, got some breathing room just to make the one seed. And Kyler Murray, every snap is for his job next season if he wants to stay in Arizona. It's also a divisional game, which could be weird. 49ers have won their last three straight against the Cards. Last time the Cards beat the 49ers was in the 21-22 season when the Cards swept the 49ers, which is when the 49ers, I think, ended up having like a pretty decent pick, right? Was that the year they drafted Trey Lance? Was that 22? Who can remember There's- anymore? No, I've been 21. Okay. So that must have been Trey Lance's rookie year when he wasn't playing, which means I guess Garoppolo was quarterback at the time. Hmm. So why did I pick these games, Mike? Why did you? It's tank time, baby. Oh, yeah. This is all about the top of the draft. Listen, that number one overall pick is locked down. Carolina Panthers, two games ahead of any other team with four games left to play. That is an insurmountable lead for the dog shit fighting David Teppers. Right now... The Commanders are in third place, one game out of the number two pick. In case you don't know how draft order tiebreakers work, Mike, head-to-head, doesn't matter. Divisional record, doesn't matter. Conference record, doesn't matter. It goes, what is your record? And then the only tiebreaker is opposing strength of schedule. Whoever has the lower strength of schedule gets a higher pick. So whoever lost to worse teams gets a higher pick. So right now, the Commanders are in third place because they have four wins, but their strength of schedule is worse than the Patriots. So if the Patriots win any game from here to the end of the season, Commanders jump to the third pick. It's important. It's important where we are in a draft with two top quarterbacks and a third player who might be the best player in the draft. Important to get in that top three. Cardinals are going to get screwed on the strength of schedule tiebreaker, by the way. Because their last four games are against the Eagles, Niners, Seahawks, and Bears. All of which, those teams are probably going to end up over 500. The Bears, it's a little bit of a stretch, but they have a shot at it. They have a pretty good shot at it, too. The Patriots have the inside track of the number two pick. They just need to lose to the Chiefs, Broncos, Bills, and Jets. But they got Bill Belichick in the building, Mike. Not counting out Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick's going to pick up one or two of those games. It's going to be like Davis Mills on that last drive that ended up getting in the second pick instead of the first. I was going to say, is he just do it like for spiteful reasons to fuck him on his way out the door? Because Bill Belichick does not want to lose football games. That's why Bill Belichick's going to do it. It's a tie right down, race down to the finish here, Mike. Mm-hmm. Who is going to win the sweepstakes for the number two pick? Are you that asking a, me? Yeah, that was a question. <laughs> um... I mean, for, I want it to be the Commanders for you. I appreciate it. I really do, but I just feel like they have a track record of somehow fucking this up. Yeah, we we won a game to lose us on Joe Burrow. Yeah, I think the Patriots end up with it. Patriots do have the best shot right now. Yeah. 
I think they'll. I wouldn't be surprised if they end up tied with the Cardinals, and then the strength of schedule factors in, right? Because you said the Cardinals have the hardest. Cardinals have the hardest. Okay. Yeah. So I think that could be it. So, just doing some uh, some stuff here real quick on the New York Times simulator, because also you know, like it just has to be my luck that the Patriots would end up with Drake May. So. <laughs> Well, don't worry. You want a bell check in the building anymore? It'll be Josh Matt McDaniels. Oh, there man. you go. <laughs> Bill O'Brien. It'll be one of those guys. You just got to worry if Mike Vrabel comes in the building. Although your hope is if Mike Vrabel comes in the building, he won't like Drake May and he'll bench him and start like Derek Carr for trade, three seasons. Trade for Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> that would just be excellent. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Patriots inside inside. Route here, I think, I think, if I had to guess the final order, I would go Patriots at two, Commies at three, Cardinals at four. Just going, who's the best quarterback here? And who has the easiest schedule? Uh, Bailey, <clears throat> I'm dying. That's why you shouldn't <laughs> put a piece of gum in during a podcast before it goes back to bite you. Um, Bailey Zappi was slinging it last Thursday. He's fucking slinging it, man. Yeah, um... And did you see that clip when he came into the, to the locker room afterwards? Mm-mm. He's like, you know, hugging and dapping up all like the the coaches and everything. And then he sees Bill Belichick, and it's like when you were fifteen, mm-hmm. and you met your girlfriend's dad for the first time, and you didn't really know how to act because like you're fucking fifteen years old. Yeah. So you just like sit up really straight and shake his hand and call him like Mister Belichick. It's like, thank you, sir. I appreciate your help today. It was very funny. Yeah, and Belichick was just like, good job, <laughs> and walked away. Why is Alan Rickman playing Belichick? <laughs> I, was thinking, I was like, apparently he talks like Severus Snape. <laughs> this is, I think this is going to be one of the most competitive races for the number two pick. Cause it's, it's a big year to tank mm-hmm. and it's first year coach in, in Arizona and a quarterback who's playing for their job, which puts a real weird spin on Arizona trying to get a top two pick. The other two coaches are gone though. If you're the commies at three, are you taking Marvin Harrison Jr.? If we expect Caleb and Drake to go one two, if I if I'm the commies, right? Where I'm running, I'm running the front office here. Mm-hmm. Assumedly, yeah. I'm trading out of three. I was about to say, I feel like that's the move there. Yeah, you you take a team that really wants like a wide receiver of the future, who's going to trade up for it? I mean, like, God, the Giants might talk himself into Daniel Jones plus Marvin Harrison, Chargers, mm-hmm. someone to replace. Mm-hmm. Keenan Allen when the time comes. I was going to say the Rams, but the Rams already have the number one receiver in the league, Puka Nakua. Yeah. So there's there's some teams that I think would want to jump up that list there and grab him. So I think you trade back at three. If you get to two, fucking hold on to that pick, brother. Yeah. You're drafting, you're drafting Drake May into the building at two. Or what if you take Marvin Harrison at three? You think you could move Terry and get back in the first later on? But what what would you rather have? Because you're not moving Terry to get back in the first. You'll, you're no. moving Terry for a day two pick at best. So would you rather have a, a first round pick and future assets and Terry McLaurin locked into a contract or Marvin Harrison and an extra day, day two, day three pick? Yeah, if you can't get a first 
for Terry, then it's definitely not worth it. Wide receivers don't get first, man. Diggs did. AJ Brown did. <laughs> <laughs> Tear below. Teardrop, all right? Teardrop. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> he, he suffers from not as good production as you would hope because of the QBs he's had. Yeah, but he's also older. Yeah, he's like 35 now. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he's the same age as Aaron Rodgers, right? Yeah, he's 27 or 28. Yeah. yeah. He's a little older. He's locked into an expensive contract. He's not an easy guy to move. No. I also want to point out, just real quick, before Tommy DeVito started, the Giants inside track for the number two pick. No question. They've reeled off three straight wins. They're now eighth in the draft order. Am I allowed to be offended by this Tommy DeVito bullshit? Because he does the hands? No. You're yeah, not. I, was like, I was like an Italian-American. Just like He's stereotype. more Italian than you. <laughs> you don't know that. I'm looking at you. I'm majority of me is Italian. You don't all look right. Italian at all. Also, it's like I got some Irish in me, so that's where the red beard comes from, all right? I saw someone who tweeted, like, retweeted something that NFL or some football account tweeted about Tommy DeVito. And he was like, he said, he's like, I think all NFL franchises need a third-string quarterback who basically per- perpetuates a stereotype of the people that are, like, mo- like, are most of the population of where their team's located. <laughs> The Giants are in Jersey. But then again, that's, I that's really confusing I'll, for the commanders because our third string quarterback is Jake Fromm. Does that feel right? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I, I but then again, if one stereotype is gonna get like perpetuated, I'd rather it be like, you know, like the the mafioso kind of Italian than like the brain dead Jersey Shore Italian. So I'll definitely take this stereotype over the other. Once again, Mike does not even remotely look Italian. So no one's looking at Italian stereotypes and looking at you and going, you're probably like that. Okay, well, now you're making, now you're being prejudiced and just making like, you know, assumptions based off how I look. Like, we, I'm, no, I'm not going to go into this. I'm offended right now. You offended me. So <laughs> I don't think you get to be offended by Italian stereotypes when you no, don't look like an Italian stereotype. A fungal, Adam. All right, how about that one? <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I got to edit that out of the podcast now. So. <laughs> I just told you to go fuck yourself. Uh, in Irish? Uh, Mike, you want to talk about your last game here? <laughs> uh, what were those? Texans, Colts. Texans, Titans. Texans, Titans. Will Levis versus CJ Stroud. A who's Again. who of who's the best quarterback from this this uh, draft? I mean, they're, they're the two that have been playing the best. <laughs> Is there any other quarterback from this draft that's taken snaps? Uh, Anthony Richardson. There you go. That's, I knew yeah. I was forgetting someone. I think Anthony Richardson's looked better than Will Levis. Yeah. How did all of these guys end up in South divisions? Because the AFC South sucks. Oh, good point. Along with the NFC South, they suck too. Uh, Every every year, it seems like lately. Basically, since Drew Brees retired from the Saints. (laughs) And Matt Ryan came in. Yeah, I was going to say, we had that one Matt Ryan season where he won MVP. Which, if we can go back and undo one thing from the history books. Can we take away the Matt Ryan MVP? I don't know if there's ever, there's not been a, bo- a as boring of a quarterback win MVP since him. Yeah. It's bad for the sport. Yeah. Like, at least, at least when Aaron Rodgers was winning it, Aaron Rodgers was already in headlines before he was winning that. I get it for the wrong reasons, but still, yeah. it's good content. Yeah. At least Brady had like the Brady thing. Yeah. Brady was like a fucking international superstar. Everyone yeah. knew Tom Brady. And he came out and he was like ready to knee his linemen in the face if they weren't playing up to snuff but it was all cool because he's passionate he wants to win and he got all that reconstructive face surgery too yeah and he wouldn't take one penalty and bitch about it 
to try well, to defend his loss is like a fucking coward. If I, I also don't think he would, but if there was going to be a quarterback in NFL history that would complain as much as Patrick Mahomes did about one penalty, it'd be Brady. Brady would do it on the sideline. Brady would do it to his coaches. Brady, Brady would do it in the media. Yeah, but Brady also like took the flight gate and spy gate, and instead of being like, yeah, yeah NFL is coming after West, they yeah. were just like, they're just like, all right, fuck you, we're gonna go win another Super Bowl. Sorry about it. <laughs> like, and, they, and that's exactly what they did. <laughs> that's exactly what they did. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I did this one just for the the implications on the AFC South, the showdown between Stroud and Levis. Stroud gonna be good to go. We have an update on this. I haven't seen anything on it yet. I can I can pull it up real quick. That's, that's an important factor here. It amazes me to no end. Um, I mean, he's basically lost the backfield, but it is so depressing the season Damian Pierce had compared to what we were hoping for after his rookie oh, yeah. year. And he lost basically lost the starting job to Devin Singletary. Yeah, he turned he he turned Devin Singletary into one of the best fancy running backs in yeah. the league. Because they're like, well, we can't give it to Damian Pierce, so every running play will just be to Devin Singletary. As of the 12th, he was listed as questionable with a, con- a concussion. A concussion. Um, he is not on the impact players injured, according to PFF. Okay, good. So good. That's probably a good sign. Uh, Nico yeah. Collins is questionable. That, that'll be a big one just because they are obviously already lost Tank Dell. Noah Brown's questionable. Wow. Bobby Tree is about to have a day. <laughs> Bobby Tree, go- 230 yards, six touchdowns. He's about to go straight LA Rams, Bobby Trees. Oh, man. Those are the days. The fucking days, dude. The fucking days. Lions currently three, and unfortunately, because of injuries, this is actually the right line. Yeah, here's 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 my thought on this. Right, Tit- Titans are favored, by the way. So, yeah, clarify. The Titans just scored twenty eight in back to back games against the Dolphins and the Colts. Does twenty eight points win this game? Once, yeah, because once again, because of the injuries to that receiving core, twenty eight might win it. Like I could see this being. 20, uh, 25 is a weird number. Maybe like 28, 24, 28, 21. Yeah, and Stroud is in the midst of having two kind of bad starts back-to-back. Yeah. And yeah, tech- Vrabel, Vrabel's kind of low-key, one of those guys that he does the Belichick thing where he comes in and takes away your best thing. Yeah, I have to say, I've never been... I've always been like a skeptic of Vrabel as a head coach. Um, I don't know why. I don't oh, know why either, but I feel the same way. I, oh, I know why. It's because there was that one Monday night game where they beat the Bills on like a last second play. And I think there was some something about it that pissed me off where I didn't think it was right. Um, it is so weird that you spent so long watching the Bills lose games, and yet... This was like three years ago, too. I hold grudges for so long. Yeah, like, how did, how did you do that, watching the Bills growing up when they lost every game? First of all, go back and look at their records. They never... They had like a couple seasons during the drought where it was really bad, but it was a lot of seven and nines. We were like the commies, kind of. Like, kept fucking I mean, it up and going seven and nine. Like, why have, are you have had uh this year will be their third or fourth top five pick since i've been watching the team can't wait for them to get two and be like we're taking chase young again <laughs> <laughs> roger goodell's like just let him do it <laughs> um, comes out the same day that we learned that ron rivera signed a 10-year extension fully guaranteed oh <laughs> we turn out that josh harris is just dan schneider in a mask <laughs> it's like the end of scooby-doo I- I'm back. He gets like trapped up to the shoulders in like a wall and they pull off the Josh Harris mask and it's just Dan Snyder underneath. <laughs> Dan Snyder's owned the 76ers and the Devils this whole time. And that darn whatever your mascot is. What is your mascot? It's a commander. Okay. 
feel like it'd just be a guy in a big C. <laughs> Ooh, or like a, a old Russian communist soldier. That'd be better. Is it, we, because we colloquially call them the commies. <laughs> yeah, like I feel like like your PA guy should be like, there's another third down. <laughs> um, God, I, we've gotten Score, so off course. Scoreboard op just always puts the score exactly even no matter what. <laughs> yeah. Really lead start, into the gimmick. Start playing the Soviet national anthem at halftime. <laughs> God, we should run every NFL team. Anyway. I, I hate when we do this because we, we make jokes and they're funny, but then we laugh silently. So I just have to cut it out. So it sounds like one of us makes a joke and no one cares. You need a laugh track. Oh, such a good idea. You need a laugh track. That is such a good idea. Someone's going to be so confused why there's like six laugh tracks throughout this podcast. And they're going to get to this point and realize why. You just have to, uh, at the beginning of each pod, go, the Town Low podcast was recorded in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> and just play like a little jingle. Going into the show. Moving on up. Moving on up. <laughs> it's a good thing you went first because I was going to sing the Cosby Show theme and then I realized that that probably wasn't a great jingle to intro our podcast. That was a callback to last week. If you left that part in, but I can't, I didn't get around to listening to the Monday oh, pod. the Monday pod? Yeah. I think I did. I think you left in the Jeffersons bit. I can't remember uh, now. Why were we talking about the Jeffersons? Anyways, let's, let's anyway, not get Yeah. yeah. Texas Titans minus, minus three. We pretty much covered it. Oh, my whole, we started this. My whole point was... Vrabel has actually won me over. He's a good coach. Like yeah. I feel like he's he's gotten so much more out of this Titans team this season than he had any right getting. Yeah, like, and that's, like... that's the way we have to judge coaching, right? It's you mm-hmm. look at the pieces, what do they have, and then based off that, make the decision: are they getting more, or less, or what you expect out of these pieces? And Vrabel definitely is getting more out of these pieces. Yeah, so he's totally changed my opinion on this season. Props to him with the injury. Like I, I really this is like a total pick 'em for me. Over under thirty seven and a half. I kind of like. Ugh. I think I like the over there because I'm just not crazy about Texans defense right now. Yeah, outside of their their front four. Mm-hmm. Will Anderson oh. as well. Yeah, Will Anderson, Jonathan Grenard, those guys. Mm-hmm. Sack machines. All right, Mike, any final week 15 thoughts? Anything else you want to toss out there? Now, so just a couple fun games I like for a dumb reason. You ready for yeah. this? We might actually okay. end up covering every game this week. So one is Bears Browns, yeah. and the other is Niners Cardinals. Do you know why? Can you figure it out? Bears Browns Niners Cardinals. Uh, no. You want to tell me why? Inverse get or inverse records. Ah, that's fun. <laughs> Bears are five and eight. Browns are eight and five. And then obviously ten and three and three and ten with Niners Cardinals. I don't know why. That that's always you want to you want to go all in here. Just cover the games we didn't cover. You got Tampa Green Bay. That's uh Sunday at noon. New York. Oh yeah. New York, New Orleans, Jets, Dolphins. You got any thoughts on any of those? Have uh, has the media totally flipped and gone back to Jordan Love Dookie? <laughs> no, not not yet. I'm still not I'm yet. still on the Jordan Love train. Okay, gotcha. Um, is the media all about? Is everybody saying Fields has saved his job? Uh, yeah, that seems to be about the take. Yeah, or that Fields is going to get like way more capital than he would get earlier in the year when they trade him. Right. Say so you're moving to the Bears. You got the Panthers pick at one. And that's, I mean, that's fucking locked in. You flipping fields or you flipping the pick? I would just, I would look, I'd probably field offers. <laughs> fields offers. Uh, uh, uh. There's your laugh for you. If that you, one pick up on the mic. If you, if you had to, if you had to make the decision though, like not field offers, just you have to make the decision. Are you going to the off season? The plan is you're going to trade them or you're going to keep them and trade the pick. There's so many like, I, like, uh, things that hinges on like, how, like, if he plays good down the stretch, then yeah, it probably talk me into it. If I give, if I get him more pieces and 
get a good team around him. It would be tough. So I, I could right now. I think they keep Fields, and then it just comes down to: do we take Harrison Jr. and stick him with DJ Moore, or do we trade the pick? And then it comes to what can we get for it? Oh man, taking taking Harrison Jr. at number one in a two quarterback draft. That's gonna that would be such yeah. a killer. I mean that you're screwing yourself out of assets at that point. I also just want Harrison Jr. to end up on the Cardinals so bad. <laughs> Please make it happen, universe. Why? I don't know. I, I don't know. I think Murray still has a lot. Oh yeah, I think Murray's good. You know, and you get him a fucking weapon. Like they don't have any receiving weapons there. Michael Wilson. Like who's their best skill position player? James fucking Connor. Michael Wilson. <laughs> Trey McBride. <laughs> So yeah, get him, get get him, Marvin Harrison Jr. You want me to just keep naming, naming players on the Cardinals? But okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing about Fields, and at some point we should probably wrap up this podcast. But here's the thing about Fields. He has one year left on his rookie deal after this. Mm -hmm. If you draft Caleb Williams number one overall, you know how many years you have left on his rookie deal? Five. Five. Okay, Uh, I was trying to remember. That's ridiculous. I hate that rookie contracts are five years. Well, for yeah, like, four four years in a team option. So yeah, technically, yeah, just five years if you're any good. I just hate like in a league where injuries can change your career so quickly. I hate that they have five years locked up on a cheap yeah. rookie deal before they can start making money. Also, but, make, the, make the contracts fully guaranteed. Every other fucking league does it. It's ridiculous. Yeah. All right, Mike. Any final thoughts on the week? Uh, go Jets, beat the Dolphins, and somehow get the Bills back into the race for the division if they can beat the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, I think that when I was looking at the the playoff odds, that's basically exactly what has to happen to give the bills like a real shot to win the division all hail the milf man get it done for me baby he's a milf man all right mike you want to you want to put your plugs in we'll get out of here yeah uh wrapping up the finishing touches on my on saturday so uh, i'm gonna get that to adam who works tirelessly on this website to edit stuff and get it posted and i appreciate it um so it's not super time sensitive. So it's up to him. He wants to drop it on Friday or Saturday. I know you have your team town alone. You usually drop on Fridays, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of those days, make sure to follow him and you'll see when it drops. Um, other than that, follow me at, um, at town alone, Mike. And also we are two weeks out from our next pay-per-view predictions. AEW world's end takes place on December 30th. So we got some more wrestling content coming up. There you go. We need to figure out our podcast schedule for when we're both in uh, Virginia for Christmas, but we'll talk about that offline. Yeah. Yeah. Follow me at Talon Adam. See everything that we post. I put it up on there. Got League Pass watchability rankings up this last week, which always comes with little blurbs about different teams, talking about the league in general. Park it back here for our Saturday podcast, Basky, where we cover the NBA and NHL at large. This week, like I said, we are, for basketball, only talking about the Detroit Pistons, nothing else. There'll be no conversations that do not involve the Detroit Pistons. Keep an eye out for Team Talent Alone this week, making the case for Lamar Jackson as the MVP. I kind of did that earlier in the year, but just want to talk some Lamar Jackson game film and go through it. Just just take a, a, a nice little look at Lamar Jackson, one of my favorite players in the league. And then be sure to check back in on, uh, on Monday on this podcast for us to review what happened in week 15. With that, Mike, uh, you know what? We, we did it last week. I think we should do it again. Shout out to the Yak King. Big Cock Brock. Balls deep, Brock. <laughs> <laughs>